Hello, Internet peeps, and welcome to another edition of Escape from SideQuest. I am Joe Dubs. And I'm Andy. And we are here for episode nine. I actually did check that before I went on the show. If you listened to last episode, I never said what episode number it was because I'm a professional podcaster. Yeah, I'll say it in the name of the, the download or the webpage, I hope. Mm-hmm. You know, people, when they load up their podcast uh, walkie-talkie or <laughs> walkie-talkie. Oh, yeah, if they're doing RSS or what, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, anyway, what the hell you been playing, Andy? Well, it is the two-year anniversary of the, the PlayStation VR. So Sony sent uh, $10 PlayStation codes to everyone who had bought a VR. So I had $10 to spend on the PlayStation Network. And in addition to that, a bunch of VR games are on sale. So I got two Super Hyper Cube and Thumper. And they're both a ton of fun and very strange and very interesting in VR. Yeah, I actually saw that you streamed, and uh, I, was, I, I I didn't get to catch it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I streamed those two games. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. What do you think of Thumper? Because uh, Thumper is like a uh, like a Guitar Hero kind of thing. Sort of. Uh, I mean, it's a rhythm game, but it's not. They call it uh, a rhythm violence game. <laughs> but um, you don't need VR to play it. It just makes it a little cooler. Unlike Super Hypercube, which is VR only, but uh, Thumper is a ton of fun. It's on most consoles now. It's it's out on Switch and PS4, I know. And like I said, you can use VR or not, but it's it's very difficult to explain. It's like you're a silver beetle going along a track, and you have to to perform stuff in time to the music. Like you'll see like bars you have to break through, jump over, turns you got to make, and um, yeah, it's bonkers. It's it, it, like I said, it's impossible to explain. It's better to watch it, watch a couple trailers, and even after that, you'd be like, "I don't know if I get it," but it's, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I also see more Legend of Zelda: Oracle of Seasons. What is that? The handheld? Yeah, that's um, they made Oracle Seasons and Oracle of Ages. They were made by Capcom for Nintendo. It was a little bit after Ocarina of Time came out. They came out with Game Boy Color. And it's like what you do in one game affects the other. I've been streaming it off and on. I've also been, uh, I actually take the game out of the Game Boy Player and put it in my old Game Boy Color that I had when I was in school. And I'm going to keep it in my coat pocket and playing it on my lunch break at work and stuff. Oh, man, Game Boy. I remember having a Game Boy in elementary all the way to, like, middle school. And I remember when Game Boy Color first came out and how cool that was. I wanted yeah, I want the it. clear uh, Game Boy Color. <laughs> That's the one I have. Yeah, I fucking love that. Uh, man. I, I sold my Game Boy Pocket to get it. And, like, I know it's a better console, but part of me is nostalgic for that blue Game Boy Pocket. I wish I still had it a little bit, but mm -hmm. the Game Boy Color is better. Do you still have the uh, the Game Boy Brick? I never had it when I was a kid. I uh, I bought one off a friend that doesn't really work that well. Like he, he didn't charge me very much for it. And I've really been wanting to like look at it and fix it up and maybe paint it. But when I was a kid, I never had the original Game Boy. Game Boy Pocket was my first. I had a Game Gear. That was my first handheld. Handheld. Oh, second Game Gear. Game Gear. My God. That. You know what's funny? Like you look at the Game Gear and then you look at the Nintendo Switch and it brings back memories. 
Yeah, they're they're. I mean, they're not dissimilarly long. The other dimensions aren't quite the same. Honestly, the Game Gear is. It's so. I don't know. It's weird. It, it's it's not too much wider than. Actually, I think it's less wide than Switch, but something about it. It's clunky and weird, and. And it takes a lot of batteries. <laughs> What's that? I said it takes a lot of batteries. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it and it goes through them really quick too. It takes like six, I think, and it'll eat through them in two to three hours. So mm-hmm. the only game I played on Game Gear was the Sonic game. That's it. <laughs> There's a few Sonic games on it. They made Sonic One and Two and 3D Blast and Sonic Labyrinth, Sonic Triple Trouble. Um, I know I'm forgetting one. Uh, Sonic Drift. Which was a kart racer. They should have just called it the Sonic Game Gear. <laughs> I, I mean, Sonic was the the main boy back then. I mean, they could call any Nintendo system the the Mario system. It's funny. Uh, I was at a Halloween party yesterday. That we went to play Super Mario Party, and the guy put it in his Switch. And just the first four games that you could see on the screen were Super Mario Party, Mario Tennis, um, Mario Kart and mario odyssey i was like uh do you play anything that isn't a mario game he was like why would i i was like good point i guess (laughs) (laughs) um since you're more on the topic i really want to get starlink i heard it's the best star fox game that is not a star fox game (laughs) yeah i heard i've heard nothing but really good stuff about it too which upsets me because i was kind of hoping it would be like eh, and i wouldn't have to look at it i was hoping it would be like like Skylanders was always supposedly a pretty good game, but I never got into it because it just didn't feel like something I cared about. Mm-hmm. But flying a spaceship is something I do care about, and so is Star Fox. So, yeah, I I'm, I kind of it sucks though because it's not like you can just buy a game. You got to buy a game and all these toys and garbage. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I can do it. Not with Red Dead coming out what Friday Thursday. Oh Friday. yeah, man, dude. I think that game is going to take up a lot of my time. I think this is the first game that I'm going to be like, I'm going to buy this game and then not buy anything and just play that and all the side quests and hopefully the multiplayer beta when it comes out. The game is going to be insane. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to Red Dead and then Fallout. The beta will start the 30th, which I should be in because I got the collector's edition because I'm stupid and i've got dark souls on the switch that came in the mail on friday sitting on my bar with the amiibo still in the plastic because i had not had time to play like i said i went to the party yesterday and today i've been cleaning and jerking off and whatever i mean not literally jerking <laughs> off. you know what i mean yeah. i mean it as a euphemism for doing nonsense yeah. i watched youtube for an hour and talked to the dog and you know yeah um since we're on the, the halloween party i mean i have you on facebook so i saw your costume were you were you a Sith, uh, Thor, Thor the Sith or something? Uh, no, I the the lightsaber is something. The guy who's hosting the party, he just had a lightsaber in his basement, so I was playing around with it. But no, I was I was Thanos for Halloween. That would have been great if you were like some Sith Lord from <laughs> the Marvel universe. No, I uh, it sucked because I had purple body paint for it, but man, this stuff is very trashy i couldn't get it to work very well i think it was for like the paint i bought was supposed to be for small details mm-hmm. i was trying to paint like both my arms and my full head with it so it just wasn't really working out so i just went with i had the i had the the costume and then i had a 100 dollars infinity gauntlet which 
is the best toy I fought since I was a child and so much more. Are you can you take the stones out of it? No, the stones don't come out, but they do light up and that like makes sounds from the movie. When you move the fingers, it makes like a metallic sound. And the glove is like huge and you fit your hand into it. And do you remember those like like Terminator robot hand toys where you put your fingers in the little loops and it makes the fingers move? Yeah. It's like that. Like the, the fingers each move, even though they're, they're all like an inch thick. The thing's super cool. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw the lightsaber picture. I'm like, what is going on here? This is interesting. Now, if you see on Facebook later, there's there's a bunch of new pictures of just me in the costume. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah no, the only thing halloween party down here is a uh, universal's uh halloween horror night is where you just kind of like six legs where they have their ha- halloween thing gig where you just you know you walk around it's 60 dollars. i might do it i mean it's universal so maybe i don't know do it um me on the other hand i i like to play the the mainstream shit and it could be a little boring, but anyway, um, WWE 2K19, I finished the story mode. Uh, really happy with it, by the way. I thought it had good pacing. There was a lot of, like, storylines where if you watched wrestling back in the day, you were like, oh, this is going to happen because, you know, Seth Rollins turned on the shield and this person's going to be turning on you. And it, it does still starts further back in time and then comes into the future from there or something? No. Um, so they have their own storyline here uh, with you as the main character coming from the Indies all the way up. And certain spots are like generic situations which already happened in WWE past. They're just melding it into this storyline pretty much. So like they bring back Evolution to face the... Uh, the new Bullet Club, which is you, AJ Styles, and Finn Balor. That's pretty fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And then, like, people turn on you, and you're like, oh, man, I knew that was happening because, you know, Seth Rollins turned on you, uh, his his friends and stuff, so this person's going to turn on you. It, it, it's Some of it you can see, and other you're just like, wow, this just fucking happened. It's awesome. So I recommend it. I mean, I've had a lot of fun so far with WWE 2K19. There's tower modes, kind of like if you if you ever played Mortal Kombat, you're doing like all the competition until you face the the boss at the end. Hmm. Uh, and you know, is there a separate story if you if you do a female protagonist? I don't even know if you. Uh, I think I didn't even know if there was an option for a female. That's a good uh, question. I don't know if there is. I mean, if it was, it would be really cool if they actually did, like, a whole other story. Yeah, I don't know. I, I should check that out, actually. Uh, and then also the other big game that came out, Call of Duty Black Ops uh, 4 came Call out. Call of what? I've never heard of that. <laughs> um, it, it's pretty much the Battle Royale kind of thing, Blackout. And I already talked about it, and I think it's really good. And hmm. I haven't tried the other stuff yet, so can't go into deep, deep, deep detail. But yeah, that's what we've been playing. Um, I think we need to introduce the new segment. Oh, you want to put it here up top? Yeah. That'll be good for the future because when we're accomplishing tasks, now will be when we want to talk about it. But mm-hmm. whatever. You, you, you mentioned this on episode eight, but now you fleshed it out and now we get to talk about it. 
Yeah, so this segment is called Wheel of Quest. And I have a wheel here. You won't see it because it's a podcast, but you will hear it, by the way. You will hear it spin. Um, It has a lot, and I could be adding more in the future. But there's like beat an RPG, beat a platformer. I'm not going to say them all. We'll just tell which, just a few. Beat a pre-NES game. I put... uh, Research it, and in, in this wheel spin, it's going to be a horror game. Any horror game you want, you could research it. It's a little paragraph you can come up with to say on the next show. Cool. Get Host Showdown, which is like a multiplayer between me and Andy, and we fight it out. And then beat any game in your Steam backlog. You know, just the usual stuff. So what's going to happen is we're both going to get a spin, which that means we're both going to get a quest. Doesn't mean that next episode we're gonna have it, but it would be great to have content for next week. Or yeah, next- if one of them is like beat an RPG, I don't want two weeks to cut it. Mm-hmm. But we're we're gonna every week we're gonna spend and we're gonna cap it to five quests. So if you haven't beat any quest, you won't get a spend. So do we spend just once a week or or twice a week because this is bi-weekly? Or yeah, twice a show because it's. A bi-weekly podcast. Well, we'll both get a spin for this episode, and then we'll both get a spin for next episode. So it's okay. it's going to, like I said, it's going to add up. If you keep on uh, accomplishing a quest, then you keep on spinning, pretty much. Fair enough. Okay. So I'm going to start with you, Andy. So this okay. is going to be your spin. So I'm going to spin it right now. And it's spinning, spinning, going around and around. And it landed on beat any game in your Steam backlog. Well, at least I have a lot to choose from. Mm-hmm. So that is your first quest of Escape from SideQuest. <laughs> mm. All right, now my turn. Spin, 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 going around and around and around. Beat a, beat a fifth generation game. Ooh. What was fifth generation again? Let's, uh, fifth generation will be an easy one. Um, but I put all that stuff in there just because it's easier to, like, break it down. But fifth generation included, um, I mean, among other things, the Nintendo 64, the PlayStation, the Saturn. Um, oh, yeah. Generally speaking, that's it. But you could also include the Virtual Boy, the Neo Geo Pockets. Um, Game Boy Color was technically part of this generation, but Saturn 64 and PlayStation. I got that. Done deal. (laughs) So you got a Steam backlog, and I have a fifth generation game. I don't know what it's going to be, but you'll find out in the future. Yep. All right. Um, Andy, it looks like you have one story here, and I have a st- another story, but uh, let's get the Nintendo Entertainment System story out of the way. Yeah, um, this, this is kind of small. I just thought it was interesting to talk about, but uh, we've talked before about how the Nintendo Entertainment System have, is going to add three games every month. Well, the very first time for them to add games rolling around, and they didn't add three games, they added four, kind of? Um, completely unannounced, they added... The Legend of Zelda again, but it's like a special version. I, I it had a name. It was like Living Like Easy or something. Oh, um, 
Legend of Zelda Living the Life of Luxury. That's what it is. And it's basically the exact same game, except you start with a bunch of extra items. Mm-hmm. You start with um, the white sword, the blue tunic, um, uh, I think the bow and arrow, uh, a bunch of rupees, stuff like that. Basically, it's it's a slightly easier way to get into Legend of Zelda because you won't get your ass with beginnings. You got the good sword and the good tunic. Which... This didn't really appeal to me because I just beat Legend of Zelda, so obviously I didn't want to do this. And even if I did, you know, I'm the kind of guy that oh, I don't want to play the easy one. But this isn't. This is for for kids, I assume. Kids and people who aren't really that interested in playing a game that's old and difficult like that. But what was interesting about this to me is if they did it this time, are they going to keep doing it in November? Are they going to add another game with like an interesting spin on it? And mm-hmm. if so. What are they going to add, and what's it going to be? It's, it's kind of exciting to think about and speculate about what they could do, because instead of making it easier, they could add stuff that made it harder, or they could add multiplayer to a game that previously didn't have multiplayer, or they could add new playable characters or something. It's neat. It's, it's like an idea of adding DLC, kind of, to old NES games. So uh, I thought it was exciting, maybe, if they, if they further implement it. I mean, again, they, they added the game for nothing. They didn't announce it. They were just trying to be cool. And I know that your satisfaction with the NES app is low, but that's pretty cool that they gave us something extra. Yeah, and if they mess around with this a little bit better, in my opinion, than what the Legend of Zelda was, like it, it, it would be great to have like challenges uh, to be put on there. Be like, yeah, uh, they've done stuff like this before with um, what was it called? The the NES Remix. It came out on the Wii U and the 3DS. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's that kind of premise, except a whole game instead of just a short little snippet. So Nintendo has experimented in this realm before, adding challenges and stuff like you're saying. You know, it'd be really cool, and it's it's going to be a little bit different than uh, the Super Mario Maker, but like a uh, Zelda maker <laughs> the legend of zelda maker people have speculated about that for some time and i don't think it's impossible i don't think it's out of the realm of possibility i think they could do something like that oh well, yeah well you have rpg maker i mean you don't have to go into deep depth with like code and stuff but sure. like having like a map maker of different dungeons would be pretty cool and having different enemies and stuff would be really interesting and and, and seeing it happening right now with like this remix legend of zelda it makes you think, like, you could do it, and it could sell a lot of fucking Switches if they do that, too. Be like, hey, you want to try out my Legend of Zelda map? Come play it on the Switch. Like, I'm convinced that Mario Maker sold them some Wii U's. I mean, that game was a big goddamn deal, so... Oh, Anything they could do to emulate that again... Honestly, I'm surprised they haven't re-released it for the Switch yet. They're probably trying to, like, beef it up and add... I really wanted to add um, Super Mario Brothers 2 as a style. So you can, like, pull the turnips up and throw them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, maybe during the holiday, we'll get, like, a direct or something. Or before the holiday, we'll be like, hey, you know, it's springtime, you're going to get Super Mario Maker. And did you like Super Mario Maker? Well, guess what? Zelda. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I, I really do. But I'm... I'm wondering if they won't um, keep all their announcements closer to their chest until we're in post Smash Brothers, which will be what the first week of December. Mm-hmm. 
but I suspect they're gonna there's gonna be another direct between us and them, and they're gonna announce maybe one or two more characters for Smash, and then it's gonna finally come out. Well, the pipeline is like really awesome because you're gonna have the new Pokemons, and then you're gonna yeah. have uh, the uh, Smash, and then you're gonna you're gonna in the future you're gonna have Metroid finally, hopefully, uh, and then yeah. Animal Crossing. Yeah, I think Animal Crossing is going to hit before Metroid Prime 4 does. Because mm-hmm. I, I think it's supposed to be first quarter. Yeah, I can't wait for Metroid. I, it, it, I, it upset me, but I know they, they, they're working on it, so like I don't want them to rush out like a trailer just to show people. But mm-hmm. just showing the title screen on that one E3, I'm like, that's all we got. <laughs> There's still there's still a Yoshi game that's out there somewhere in the ether that they're supposed to be working on. Uh, the Kirby game came out, but you know, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and you know, besides that, we got a Bayonetta three heading eventually. And then I don't you... know. a bunch of smaller stuff. Those Final Fantasies they announced more Sega Ages, uh, other stuff. That I can't think of right now. <laughs> we we just can't think of shit today. <laughs> no, um, I didn't know. I didn't know I was gonna have to run down the Switch release schedule today. <laughs> oh, I can't wait! I can't wait for Damon Cross Machina. That's the game I'm excited about. That game looks fucking bad. Oh, new Fire Emblem! New Fire Emblem next year. Mm-hmm. Can't wait and people, and what pisses me off is that people, and there's some people that do have a Switch and they're like, "Oh, this is a port machine." I'm like, yeah, like. The reason Bitch, why they... have you played Mario Odyssey? That's what I say to him. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, like, yeah, it does have a lot of ports, but who really played the Wii U besides, you know, yeah. the hardcore Mario people? No, I think they should stay the course on that because the Wii U was... I still maintain a pretty excellent system. It wasn't perfect, but it was marketed horribly and named horribly, and a lot of people didn't get it, so... They should port everything they can because there were a lot of good games on the Wii U that people weren't able to play otherwise. Yeah, like Donkey Kong Tropical. Uh... Yeah, you know, they ported that Donkey Kong game. They ported Bayonet 2. They ported you know, Mario Kart. Keep doing it. Keep it up. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, oh, let's get uh, Pikmin 3 over and we'll get a brand new Pikmin. Let's get everybody here. Everybody's here. <laughs> um, the other story, which is kind of sad, but like there's a lot of conflicting stories about it so uh, it's i think it's a hit piece because of you know red dead 2 coming around uh, literally friday and a story came out saying that rockstar has bad work habits and stuff where they were pushing their team to like 100 plus hours every week and it's crunch crunch time it's lots of developers do it it's disgusting and they should stop Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they need to stop doing crunch time, obviously. That game has to have gone gold already, hasn't it? The what? Red Dead's gotta have gone gold. Go- going gold means it's off to the printers. Like, they're printing Uh-oh. that disc. Oh, yeah, I I think they they hit that, like, a long time ago. Because people... Yeah, they would have had to. But the thing is, is, like... And and this is gonna sound shitty because it's kind of like the same thing like when you tell uh <laughs> we well, don't tell the troops but like when you sign up for the military you're bound to possibly go to war yeah. and, and you don't want to 
you know, saying, well, you know, you sign up for the shit, you know, you, you, this is going to happen. I don't think these people are signing contracts that say that they have to go through crunch time and unpaid overtime. Well, yeah. That's my understanding. Mm. The, the way I see it is, like, when you're coming out uh, with a big game like Red Dead, with the big uh, developer like Rockstar, like, they're going to want to 150% this game so that there is no bugs. And like I said, I'm not. I mean, there still will be. It's an open world game. There's going to be. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not condoning. Exactly. I'm not condoning that it, it was right for Rockstar to do unpaid uh, overtime and have all this crunch time, 100 hour weeks and stuff. Uh, but then there was conflicted stories where only one or two people uh, came out saying this, and the other people were just like, "We didn't say this. We like it here." <laughs> yeah so like i hate the internet so much <laughs> because the internet's giving you a platform right now but i know and if i wasn't here i'd probably be standing on top of a podium <laughs> doing the podcast i don't know anyway um or the radio waves uh i hate that they come out this heat hit pieces because they don't like this game and they go they they dig around they do this petty journalism where they find that one disgruntled uh, employee and say hey how you know have you ever had any bad experience with this company and then boom you know you get a long list of everything that they hate it's kind of like, you know, you work at your current job, whatever job it is, and you go, you know, well, I hate I hate how the boss, you know, is breathing down my neck. I hate this and that and all the, and everything. And then uh, you have those bad employees. And I'm, I'm not saying that they're bad. It's just they didn't like shit. And maybe they got more work than usual. And usually, no one likes their job anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like... And it was pretty darn, like it was a literal hit piece because they could. I mean, I'll bet this. Uh, I don't. You. You could be. You're, I mean, you're probably right. But even besides that, what I would guess is that it wasn't even so much that they wanted to go after Rockstar or Red Dead or or Take Two or whatever. It might just be that what's hot right now. Uh, Red Dead Redemption is about to come out. Well, let's let's do a bad a negative story about that. That'll get clicks. We need to sell ad space. What's going to get those clicks? We need clicks. Get people on our website. I need to make money. Yeah, so they say, what can we write negative about Red Dead? Well, you know what else is kind of in the the public eye right now, as far as the gaming industry goes: crunch time and, and unpaid overtime and workers being treated unfairly. Let's uh, let's just find just you know put out hey. Do you work for Rockstar North or whoever it is that made Red Dead? Do you are uh, do you want to anonymously something something you know say something bad and they they're bound to get a couple emails if they're shitty enough journalists they probably don't even confirm that they work for Rockstar. Mm-hmm. And it, it's an echo chamber, obviously. Like yeah, most the, most websites and communities on the internet are. Detroit Become Human, they had their own controversy with, like, sexual harassment, I think. And um, pretty much the game came out, everybody bought it, and then that's it. 
I mean, the echo chamber that usually happens with these websites and these communities, they 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 do these hit pieces, and it's ironic that they do it during the week when it's going to come out. I mean, I guarantee you they have this information at least two or three months in advance, and they just wait for the right time just when people are about to buy it because they want to hit that little uh, moral uh, switch for people to go, hey, clicks. hey, um, yeah, you know that game that you really like over there? Well, guess what? There's one pedophile over there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, oh, my God, I'm not going to buy this game. It's like it... And then you find out it was a false allegation. And the reason why they did that is just so they can, A, get more clicks like you just said, so they get ad revenue. And then two, uh, they ruined somebody's career and pretty much people lose their jobs. Yeah, mysteriously, whenever they have to publish a retraction or something, it's never quite as trumpeted as loud as the initial story was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... If they are getting this crunch time, I think the industry needs to change where they're not doing this crunch time, where they need to be like, hey, we have this project. I'll, I'll give you, and it's going to sound weird because I know business, I'm not thinking from a business point of view, but I'm thinking more of like passionate, I guess, is like, we'll give you this amount of money, take your time and then get the game out. But you know that, you know, that's how the industry doesn't work. When people want a game, they want a game. And it, it's a fucking stupid thing, because uh, wherever you go, you're going to lose. Do uh, you have any final thoughts on the Rockstar thing? I don't know. I, I saw some arguments recently about how um, it would be ideal for game developers to find a way to unionize. And of course, yeah, that probably would be really good. Logistically, I don't know how it would work out, but it almost feels like that's what it's going to have to come to. But, but I, f I would feel that these publishers would just hire non-unionized people. I mean, it's, it's the same in almost every industry in America for the last more than a century. It's just they're all going to have to come together and decide, look, we're in a union. We're going to do collective bargaining. So I guess, you know, suck a dick. Or, you know, they're not going to make it work and some people are going to lose their jobs. It's going to be troubleshooting. Yeah, and not to get too technical, but like to have a union too with uh, developers and stuff. If they don't uh, get a contract that they like, <laughs> they're gonna strike and pretty much uh, put a halt to video games. Like I think that would. It happens. You remember a few years ago when um, television writers went on strike and there wasn't like new episodes of anything for a few months. Mm -hmm. That was interesting. But from what I understand, game developers in Japan have a union or unions, but their unions aren't structured the way ours are, mm -hmm. but they can still use, there's, there's like a union organization to get health insurance through in Japan, for instance, and it's like, it serves developers from all kinds of different um, uh, companies. I, I don't know. I, obviously, I'm very uneducated in the way that Japanese game developer unions operate, but I wonder if there isn't a model there to, to look at, but eh, I, I'm no expert on this stuff. I, I was just, that's, that's what I observed. If someone smarter than me said, oh, maybe they'll have to unionize something. I mean, I think the only like Japanese one I actually looked closely at was Konami. And uh, even them, like even them doing that shitty move, like 
they're still standing. I mean, they just went to pachinko machines, but they're still standing. They're still do, doing business. And, like, people's end goal of trying to demolish a corporation or a company just because they hate things. And, you know, I hate Konami because what they did to Hideo, but I'm not going to go around and try to get more people fired because what is that going to solve? You're going to make other people's jobs and careers go down to tubes because of one man? Just vote with your money. That's all you can do. Recently, they put out um, an HD remaster of the Enders 2, and I really wanted it, but I didn't let myself buy it because fuck Konami. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is interesting because it's dabbling into one of my favorite franchises, but they're teasing... Metal Gear, uh, not a remake. I think of more remastered for PlayStation Four, and possibly. I mean, that sounds like something I would like, but I'd have to double down. I'd have to say, "Fuck Konami." I, mm. It sucks. If I got it, I'd have to buy it used. Yeah, I think I would do that, or I would just bite the bullet and get a PS3 and get the Legacy Collection. I guess. <laughs> yeah, just buy the Legacy Collection used. That's what I've got. It works fine. Mm-hmm. I gotta find a cheap PlayStation Three, something like around the eighty dollar range, because all I, I think it's possible. Yeah, as long as you don't get one of the PS Two backwards compatible models. Mm hmm. Anyway. Anyway. You put up a question, sir. So I'm gonna let you take away uh, this segment. Did I? Oh yeah, I forgot. I put that there some time ago. I, I was actually thinking about The Legend of Zelda Oracle Seasons when I posed this, but you had a question last show, so I figured I'd put one up. But uh, how much, this is relevant to Metal Gear too, how much more likely or unlikely are you to play a game if it's a spinoff of the series you love? Meaning, like, I wanted to play Oracle Seasons because it's a Zelda game, and I like Zelda games. I, I want to play all the Zelda games. Um, another example might be uh, Metal Gear Revengeance. When it came out, it clearly wasn't a stealth mm -hmm. action game, but did you want to play it anyway because it was Metal Gear? Yeah. Um, I think I would play anything uh, Metal Gear or Resident Evil in the, in the universe. So, but... yes, you are more likely. Mm -hmm. What yeah. if they made a Resident Evil um, something stupid, a point-and-click dating sim? <laughs> I mean, if you're a solid snake and you're trying to date, like, all the fucking villains in Meryl, I mean, m maybe if the price is right, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's too ridiculous. Like, I have to admit, if they made a Metal Gear point-and-click or a dating sim, I'd probably have to buy it. But, um, what if they made... Uh, I'll go back to Resident Evil. They made a Resident Evil game, and it's um, a kitty kart racer. Are you going to play that? If it's like Mario Kart and I'm like Chris Redfield or Hunk and Tofu just driving around like Raccoon City, yeah, I'd buy it. <laughs> what, what if the reviews were middle of the Um, no, no pun intended. Yeah, I would probably still get it because I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm such a big fan. Like, I'm so biased when it comes to, like, Resident Evil or Metal Gear. I, I think I would literally, like, if there was a Metal Gear Tamagotchi where I'm taking care of a Metal Gear, I'd probably uh, buy it. <laughs> yeah. I think it depends a little bit on the series, too. Because if it's Metal Gear, then, yeah, I'm right there. I've got, I've got Revengeance. I've got 
VR. I've got Metal Gear Gaiden on the Game Boy Color. I have all the Metal Gear games. I don't give a fuck. If it says Metal Gear on the cover, unless it's Survive, I want to own it. Fuck mm-hmm. Survive. But um, I don't. There's there's some other stuff. There was like I remember uh, when the Animal Crossing. There were two Animal Crossing like spinoff games that came out: Happy Home Designer and um, the Amiibo board game one. And part of me was like, oh, I kind of want to get those because I like Animal Crossing games. But neither of them looked like games I was going to enjoy. So I didn't get them, and I'm glad I didn't because neither one. I guess Ho- Happy Home Designer reviewed okay, but the, the Amiibo one is apparently garbage. And so I guess in the case of some uh, franchises, I'm blindly loyal in that I'll just get any garbage. But I don't know. Maybe not to everything. Maybe it's just the big stuff. If it's, if it's Metal Gear, if it's... Uh, I don't know what else would make me do that. Um, what was the most recent game that you like liked and beat and are waiting for more? I guess Red Dead would be the next game you would want to get. Red Dead, yeah, I'm super excited about Red Dead. Red Dead Redemption, I've gone on record saying, was my favorite 360 game. It was my favorite game from that generation. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to see like what other spinoff. Like... I mean, that's not a spinoff. That's a sequel. Yeah. Like, it, it, the whole thing with, like, Resident Evil 7, like, to me, I, I treat that kind of like a spinoff a little bit. Sort uh, of. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not the, the chief players mm-hmm. anymore. But since when have video games followed that um, formula? Sorry, I couldn't think of the word. I look at Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest. Yeah, I mean... They gotta reinvent the setting and cast every few years. Yeah, it's annoying with like games like Resident Evil Seven. There, there is so many because you have like uh, Dead Aim, you have uh, Survivor. I like Dead Aim. I bought it recently. Mm-hmm. So like, you have those side stories that are not pretty much the main storyline. Because when you think of main storyline, you think of Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine, Leon Kennedy, uh, and Claire. So if Resident Evil 7 had come out, and it reviewed very well, but hypothetically, if it had not reviewed well, if it reviewed like, eh, 6 out of 10, 6 out of 10, like, just okay, you might not have picked it up because it didn't have the characters you were familiar with. No, I would still get it because they had the name. Um, <laughs> if they didn't have the name, if they went, like, um, crazy family uh in you know this town that just that that's a it's not even a title but you know what i mean like crazy family in this town and stuff like i'd look at it and be like oh i don't know and you're in this house and there's like this country guy that's feeding you you know body parts and stuff like it's i'm not into the gruesome kind of thing so that's one thing that Resident Evil 7 kind of turned me off about. There's a lot of stuff that turned me off about Resident Evil 7. Pretty much uh, the the gore. Like, I'm not into, like, movies like Saw and, like, seeing blood and dead body parts and stuff. Like, that doesn't make me want to play a game or watch a movie. Um, I'm into it if it's, like, outlandishly over the top. Like, uh... Evil uh, Dead. Uh, Return, yeah, Evil Dead, great example. Uh, Return of the Living Dead, another mm. example. No, when, when when movies are trying to be like snuff films, it's just like, nah, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
but and another thing is like there was not a lot of uh enemies in that game you were fighting these slime tar things and you were fighting uh what what was great about resident evil 7 is, is the boss battles between the whole family i think that was interesting but yeah the car in the garage is one of my favorites <laughs> yeah it's the most funniest fucking fight ever <laughs> yeah yeah but any other uh, series that you would likely or are unlikely want to? Well, when I mentioned Final Fantasy just now, that reminded me of, and of course I do not feel this way now at all, but when I was younger, just after Final Fantasy VII had come out, going into when Final Fantasy VIII came out, you want to talk about blindly, I, I don't care as long as it says Final Fantasy on it, I'll get it. And, and, and Square knew that at the time. In fact, there's a bunch of Game Boy games, um, Final Fantasy Legends, and Final Fantasy Quest that are not Final Fantasy games in Japan, and I think not in Europe either. They're actually a saga and something else. Remains some saga, but they're they're like rebrands, and they just call them Final Fantasy in the United States because everyone was so hungry for more Final Fantasy games. Mm -hmm. I was right there. I was the perfect age to be taken advantage of by that. Luckily, a lot of the games that were out at the time were excellent i mean final fantasy tactics holy shit that game's fucking great and i liked i liked date everyone else didn't but i liked it mm -hmm. and at, at the same time they re-released all the old stuff they did final fantasy origins chronicles anthology and then there were all those game boy games and the chocobo's dungeon and there was like a stupid kart racer chocobo game and stuff like that and i don't own all of them but they were definitely all on my radar when i was younger just because they said final fantasy that's all it took would you agree that like after final fantasy 7 came out like that was the boom for like americans to want to get more final fantasy absolutely i mean after uh four and six here known as two and three came out there was a lot of interest and a lot of people got those games reviewed awesome but they just didn't capture such a large audience as with the playstation like final fantasy 7 sold playstations final fantasy 7 was the game i bought a playstation for when i was a kid I went to Kmart and I got a PlayStation and Final Fantasy VII. Later, mm -hmm. I bought a memory card. Four disc. Stupid and didn't realize it. Goddamn four disc. <laughs> was it four? Discs? I think seven is three discs. Eight is four discs. Oh yeah, that's right. Eight was four. I just remember like getting these double pack uh, CD uh, disc and all that stuff, and I'm like, this is a hefty game. <laughs> yeah, there were other games that I bought. Um, Again, I got lucky because they were actually pretty good, but I bought RPGs on the PlayStation just because I wanted to scratch that Final Fantasy itch. Like, I own Lunar, and I bought it solely because it was an RPG on the PlayStation. I was like, hopefully this is almost as good as Final Fantasy VII was. Mm -hmm. Then we have the Legend of the Dragoon. Like, yeah. I mean, stuff like, yeah, that and other Square RPGs. I mean, Square was, was knocking it out of the park. Uh, what was that? That'd be the oh fifth generation. We just learned that, didn't we? <laughs> that during the fifth generation of games, because it was like Xenogears and um, oh my god, it's so embarrassing. I can't remember more stuff. Our <laughs> guys had an RPG in it. Do you want to count that? Had Final Fantasy characters in it. Exact same thing. They said, "Oh look, you're gonna play as Cloud." Oh. So people bought Ur guys. Yeah, I remember. Because Final Fantasy VII is always going to be one of the top Final Fantasy games for me. Because yeah. that game captured me. Like, I played Final Fantasy uh, 1, 2, and 3. And I was like, you know, 
it's the usual thing. You're playing as turn-based. You're kind of playing like, uh, how can I put this? Because <laughs> Final Fantasy VII, like, it went to the next level. But like uh, the old Final Fantasy games, you had this map, and then your little character traveled across this map, and then that's when you got hit with enemies and stuff. Uh, and then obviously when you go into a town, you go into like all the buildings. It's kind of like for for other people that played Pokemon before, it's kind of like Pokemon in a way. Um, when you're going into like gyms, and that's how the old Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy games were. Final Fantasy was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Still is. Go back and play one. Mm -hmm. Go play seven. You need to be in a fifth generation game. <laughs> I there's a couple I have in my my head right now. Uh, I'm leaning towards PlayStation games. Uh, I thought about N64, but I'm like I don't want to play an N64 game unless uh, maybe I don't know. It'll be a surprise. Uh I think that's the end of our episode. We're we're trying new stuff here. Uh, I kind of like the flow of the, the 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 wheel of quest and the question of the cast. It gives us you know time to make our own content instead of just being a news network kind of thing where we're like, oh, the news is happening. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I've never liked that much. Mm -hmm. It's always so negative. Yeah, especially this day day and age. Um. Make sure to follow us on Podbean, which is btilp.podbean.com. Uh, make sure to give us a review and also follow us, you know, and tell us how we're, you know, doing good or bad. And, uh, yeah, and our movie podcast is next week, which is Big Trouble Little Podcast. Uh, totally forgot the movie that we're watching, <laughs> Train to, to Busan. I always mess it up. It's Busan. Busan. It's uh, the I Korean, the Korean uh, zombie movie. Because we want to go with the flow of zombies. Until next time, everybody. You have a good day. Thanks for listening.